1: This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chair.
2: Oilers beat Vegas 2-1. Live. Here's head coach Ken, K- Ken Hitchcock.
3: What is, do you have an idea where Spooner should play yet?
4: Um, Jim, I like him at center. I got to tell you, I I like him more at center than I do on the wing. I think on the wing, he ends up on the outside of the rink and on the perimeter of the game too much. And I think by putting him in the middle, he's a smart player. He's a good skater. Um, And we use him on matchups where, um, you know, when you're playing a group down the lineup a little bit, uh, you know, he can take some risks, but I, I like him at center. What I've seen so far, I like him at... Uh, even when we got practice, I like him at center. So I think that's a good spot.
3: And Raddy, considering he'd sat out a couple of games, was very good tonight as well?
4: Yeah, Raddy was... Well, to me, JJ's a good player. I, I didn't know much about uh, Korea. I didn't know about, much about what he was like, but he's a solid, good player. And, and Raddy's, like I said, we were... We were looking for something different. When we found out it wasn't what we wanted, we, we knew we could go back to Ty, and that's what we've done, you know. So the way Ty's played, he's deserved big cracks here, and there's going to be some real competition for that line. Who's going to play on it and stuff like that.
5: Ken, you said this morning that tonight's game would really be the test. We pulled out a win. Do you think how the team played is a reflection of how they can play and and reflection of what you said this morning?
4: Well... What I liked about the game was the way we played in the third period. We managed the game. You know, we we did smart things that took away their strengths. And I thought the way we played in the third period was really good. That to me is the maturity of a team. You know, we didn't we didn't uh, over pursue and and give up a bunch of odd man rushes and crack. We we stayed with the program, bought time, and then got our chance. And boom, it was in the net. I, I think. What our team's doing right now is maturing. We're we're starting to understand 60 minutes is a long time. Two and a half hours is a long time. And, And we're prepared to play the right way or starting to learn to play the right way, to sit on it, to wait for our cracks. And that's the way you win in this this conference. You've you got to be prepared to stay on the program. And that doesn't mean just backing up and playing defense, but that means being on the right side of the puck a lot. And we're starting to learn that. We, At the start of the game, we were amped up, and we got on the wrong side of everything. And then when we settled down halfway through the first period and started to play, we really started to play well. And we continued that, and that's, that's how you win in this league. If you want to get points every night, that's how you win.
6: Uh, Ken, you've only had a chance to coach Connor McDavid for a few games now, but when he's really going like he was tonight, what's going through your head when you're behind the bench watching him?
4: Well, I think, like, there's some guys when you say you're even with a guy, that's an advantage for the offensive player. I, I see people panic when he's on the ice, and he's two steps in front of you and panic's already in place. I've never seen a player like that in my life. I've never seen a player be able to do what he does, two steps in front of a player. I, I've never seen anything like this. And to be that quick, that that quickly, to get off the mark like that is like a sprinter. And he's, he's on a one-on-one, and he's right in front of you, and you're in trouble. And I've never seen a player that can do that. And this is a, I've been in it a long time. This is the first time I've ever seen this. This is maybe Val, maybe Pavel Burry, maybe a little bit like that. But other than that, uh, this is this is such an incredible player.
6: Ken, maybe this is a little bit further to what Jess was asking. But uh, you mentioned you took you about or you wanted eight or nine days for this team to implement the changes. through something out like that. Um, how are they taking to the changes you want to incorporate, and are you starting to see them play the way you
4: want them to? Uh, no. Um, and it's not their fault. We've had no practices. Everything we need to do to get better, we have to practice. We're trying to do it on video, we're trying to talk through it during games, we're trying to talk through it on the off days, but we haven't been able to practice. It's like every game there's a list of things that I wanna work on, we, we just don't have time. You know, we get a next team practices in St. Louis, and when we practice, we get better quickly. And that's what we've got to do, is find ways to practice, because the stuff that we need to work on, you've got to repeat, repeat all the time, and we haven't had a chance to do it. So I really admire what the players are doing right now. They've done a heck of a job for not having, we've had two full hockey practices, that's it. And that's not near enough if you want to be a really good team, but our players have really adapted, and I, I, I really think they deserve a lot of credit for playing as well as they've played but there's so many little detailed things offensively that we haven't been able to implement that we need to put into our game if we expect to be good.
3: Can you mention about uh, wide open first 10 minutes, Koskinen was that one of those games where they score a couple of goals, you're down 2 nothing before the game's five minutes gone?
4: Yeah, they, they, came, uh, they came at us with a championship mentality at the start of the game. They, they wanted to put us on our heels and keep us there. And we had to dig in and fight back. And I don't, I think we would have been okay getting down a goal, down two, chasing the game would have been a little bit of trouble, but they came out white hot. And no matter how much you tell them that this is what they're gonna do, this is what championship teams do, they try to put you away early. We weren't up to the pace, but then we got there. About 11 minutes left in the first period, we really got there and we pushed back hard. So again, that's, Kudos for our guys. That's that's a big step to be able to push back that hard because they were coming at us in waves. Okay.
2: That's Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock live on 630, Chad. The Oilers have won their third in a row, another tight one. They beat the Vegas Golden Knights 2-1. Hitch's comments for GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts, and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. It's 11 o'clock. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Three-game winning streak for the Oilers. They sweep this homestand goals four six goals against three.
5: Ken Hitchcock hockey it, it is and um, I know that there, there, there was talk that uh, you know he's gonna let the offensive players play and he does when they have the puck on their stick but the, the responsibility uh, pulls you back in your own zone a little bit deeper So the, there's not that that cheating player that anticipation play out at the in the neutral zone where or, or the hope play. He takes hope right out of the game. He wants, you know, you don't give up any goals because you can't lose. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah, so we're going to be fine. If we just don't give up a goal, we're not going to lose the hockey game. And, and the other thing, you're in every game, and I think that once you trust in what Hitch has got you doing, you, you believe in yourselves. And when you believe in yourselves, then a tie game and going into the third doesn't affect you. The best teams are confident going into the third period that they're going to win hockey games even though it's tied. Or even though they're they're down one, and I think that's what you're seeing more and more right now is the the confidence building with this team. Uh, a tie game going to the third doesn't affect them. They feel they've got the ability to to win these games. And what you're seeing also with Hitch is he challenges his third and fourth lines, and he will he will continue to blow smoke and tell you how good you are. in in, in the media, and we hear in all of his uh, post game talks and, and when he the scrums during practice times, he'll tell you how good everyone is. Now that is for the media that's not for the players but he'll challenge the players they'll give them the opportunity to prove themselves and we saw the fourth line out there in the third period today they score a goal we've seen uh, him with with Lucic in the last minutes of hockey games you have an opportunity to prove yourself or prove yourself against that you're not capable of doing it he gives you that chance and uh, the players have the the opportunity to create more opportunities for themselves by the way they play and right now Hitch has got, uh, he's got them going in the right direction. And it may not be as sexy a game as a 6-5 win, but two points in the standings are still two points in the standings.
2: Miko Koskinen stopped 31 of 32 tonight. He was obviously the winning goaltender in all three games on the homestand. His save percentage for the homestand, 967. He is 8 2 and one on the season and i would say his best work tonight in the first seven minutes of the game
5: well i i want to talk to the guys picking the stars because this back-to-back games he wasn't first star and he was the difference in both games and and i know that one of the 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 media asked hitch about the first seven eight nine minutes of the game where the others easily could have been down two nothing and they could have and koskinen kept them in the game and the one thing that we're seeing with him right now is is how calm he is it compared to what we saw in preseason. And I think now we can actually throw the preseason away, not even refer to it anymore, because now we're seeing consistency. We're seeing uh, a level of calm, a, le- a level of um, not giving up the rebound. There, There's no odd bounces off his body, bouncing out where, where it used to. Everything is in control. And... When you've got a goalie playing as well as he is right now, every, you're in every game, and you've got uh, enough offensive flair that if if your goalie's keeping it to one or two a night, I like the Oilers' chances of winning hockey games, and Koskinen tonight, to me, was the best player on the ice for the Oilers. The game-winning
2: goal came 5:50 into the third period. Ryan Spooner, first of the season, pardon me, second of the season, but first as an Edmonton Oiler, Jujar Kara got the assist, able to center it, and Spooner swipes it in.
5: Oh, it was a nice play. Uh, the fourth line getting an opportunity. It, it starts with a great forecheck by Raddy. He forces the turnover. Uh, and, and, and Jujar, and who got great accolades from, from Hitch in the postgame uh, interview, uh, makes a smart play. And Spooner, and, and I've, I've been traded, and I know what it's like going to a new team. You want to make a splash. You want to be noticed because they lost a buddy. A buddy just got traded away and they brought you in, so you better do something. And he, you know, in the lineup, been on the fourth line, not getting a lot of ice time, really has got nothing offensively. So that was a big goal for Spooner. Uh, he's gonna go home tonight, feel a little bit better about himself. It's gonna be a much more peaceful and restful sleep. And hopefully this will buoy his confidence coming forward because the way that he played tonight, the way that JJ played tonight, and the way that Ty Ratti played tonight, they bought themselves another game playing together, and they bought themselves a little bit of extra ice time.
2: Oilers beat the Vegas Golden Knights 2-1. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. So the Oilers go to 13-11-2. Vegas has its five-game winning streak come to an end. They're now 14-13-1, very tight in the Pacific Division. We'll look at the standings in a few minutes. Gerard Gallant is the coach of the Golden Knights. His comments for BDO First Call Debt Solutions Bankruptcies and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees. Gerard, sure,
7: pretty good push from your club in the third of a three-game mm-hmm. road trip? Yeah, no, we battled hard. It was a one-shot away from it up there, but a good hockey game. Both teams played pretty well. It was low-scoring and a tight game, so had a chance. Four out of six on this road trip. Do you take some satisfaction in that? Yeah, no, it was real good. I mean, you hate to lose the last game in your trip, but uh, I thought we played hard. Like I said, it was an even game. It was a toss-up game. Both goalies were good, and uh, we had some chances. When we had to pull the goalie, pull Kaskin, I made a real good save. Chad, you were all over him that first seven minutes, of that first period, and then McDavid yeah. kind
0: of picks up a puck and, and, and makes the play. He makes I It's that kind of a momentum
7: changer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I think I looked at the shots. or nine-one, and we had some good chances. And Coskina made a couple of real good saves. And like you said, that's what Connor does. He's got the great. Yeah. Honor unbelievable speed and he picks up a loose buck in the nuclear zone and he tough to stop and you, you know finish it, finish it with a pretty good move. What did you guys maybe do
8: second and third period because obviously it was you know, much tighter, much better.
7: Yeah, no, we played well. I mean, we didn't get as many opportunities as we did in the first, the second half of the first. But I love the way we came out and started. We played a real good, good game, and it looked like we ran out of a little energy. It looked, I thought the team looked tired at times, but we still we didn't give them a whole lot, and they didn't give us a whole lot. So it was a, it was a game that was two one. Probably could have been four three or three two. I thought the goalies on both ends were good. Extra.
2: Yeah. Scott Johnson working the visitors' dressing room tonight. Gerard Gallant. And the Vegas Golden Knights beaten 2-1 by the Edmonton Oilers. And and he said if both goalies were good, and and that's, again, to get back to the goaltending issue, we saw three well-goaltended games, both ends, and Mm -hmm. the Oilers won all three.
5: Well, good goaltending and good specialty teams win. When the Oilers made the playoffs... Connor McDavid was the best player in the world, but the reason they made the playoffs is because Talbot was all world. Last year, Connor McDavid was the best player in the world, but they got poor goaltending. You cannot be a playoff capa- uh, caliber hockey club without great goaltending. Right now, they are getting it, and the Oilers are excelling. Um, these are games that they were losing earlier in the season when the, the bad bounce would happen. They weren't getting the big save they needed. The other team started quick, they fell behind 2 0 numerous games this year they're trailing two nothing in hockey games cuz they weren't getting off to good starts well they didn't get off to a good start again today but they got saves and the thing that you like about Koskinen is how controlled he looks when he makes the big save he's not diving across it's not these uh, flailing arms he's in the right position he's he's he square to the shooter he's swallowing the puck and there's no second chance so uh, i think what we're seeing right now is going to become the norm the others are going to be in a lot of one-goal, low-scoring, close games, and what we've seen with Connor McDavid up front, you've got a chance for that one extra goal. And with Koskinen in the back end playing goal for the Oilers the way he is, you feel that you've got a good chance to win each and every night.
2: Third three-game winning streak of the season for the Oilers. They have been unable to extend it to four in their previous two opportunities. Their last four-game winning streak was the four games right before Christmas last season. So in the Pacific Division, Calgary's in first with 32 points. Anaheim 31, San Jose, and Vegas both with 29 and the Oilers with 28. So they're fifth in the division. They're one point out of a playoff spot in terms of being third in the division. They're two points out of the second wild card. Minnesota has that with 30. The Oilers with uh, games in hand on uh, most of the teams they're chasing. They have played the same number as Minnesota and Calgary, so they're 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 hang, they're hanging around. It's incredibly tight. Uh, no one's taking control of the division. I mean, San Jose got slammed 6-2 by Ottawa today. Vegas, obviously, still having a very good run mm-hmm. here, but the Oilers snapped their five-game winning streak tonight. and Now have won th- uh, three of their own. So it, you know, it's a it's about hanging around. I mean, I think you almost have to approach the season the way Hitchcock has been talking about games. He said it's a three-period game. It's going to take about two and a half hours to play be mentally prepared to, for that, and, and I think the same goes for the season. Okay, you're going to have some ebbs and flows, but don't don't get way behind. Stay in there, give yourself a chance in March, maybe even into April to nail it down.
5: Well, I know Hitch, uh, and I know the way they're going to look at this in the team, they're, they're not going to be sta- looking at the standings. They're not going to be worried about who's winning and who's losing each night. They're simply going to be going out there and looking after themselves and trying to figure out how to find points and put points on the board. I don't see anyone in the Pacific Division running away with the division. I don't see uh, someone extending and getting a 15, 18-point lead on on the rest of the teams. I think it's going to be a very close division. Uh, There are teams that, to me, are surprised. I thought San Jose would be better, and they got the, the ability to get there eventually. I didn't think Anaheim would be this good. They're holding on, and it's on the back of, as we talked about, great gold ending as Gibson's been exceptional. A lot of comebacks, too. Yes, and the one thing that they're going to get, and we're talking about comebacks, they're going to have two players coming back soon, right. two very, very good defensemen. So Anaheim's actually going to get better as this season goes on. And the other team that's a bit of a surprise that I thought would have fallen off by now is, is Arizona, who got off to a slow start this season. But Rick Talkett's got them playing very well right now. So uh, they're now in the mix, and I think this is what it's going to be like. For the next 30, 30 games at least, they're all going to be bunched in, and it's just, who has that one spurt? Now, the Oilers are in the middle of that spurt right now. How much can they continue? And you've got to take advantage of the schedule, and you've got to take advantage of teams that are hurting. You're going to run into teams that are injury-prone. You're going to run into teams that goaltenders are out, uh, teams that are struggling. You've got to take advantage of those, because eventually you're going to run into those same teams that are completely healthy and are on a roll and it gets a little bit harder. So the others have got some teams coming up right away that are banged up a bit. That's where you want to bank your points. You'll hear from
2: Connor McDavid in a couple of minutes. He scored a great goal tonight, Edmonton over Vegas 2-1 here at Rogers Place, 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Curtis to Overtime Open Line. Hi, Curtis. Go ahead.
6: Hi, hey guys. How's it going? Doing well. Hey, I just want to give... Uh, shrely has been taking the brunt of all the criticism from media, fans, and you know what? If Koskinen is a starting goaltender, any contract he signed before that maybe isn't so good, like a Lucic contract, um, needs to be forgiven. To go out and get a starting goaltender for nothing, that goes a long, long, long way in the NHL. And furthermore i've been season seat holder for quite some time and i remember when the nhl uh with the last season at rexall teams would go down and face wash hall and face wash and and face wash newton Hopkins. nobody face washes connor and how quickly we forget an insurance policy like a luci goes a long way a really really long way and if it costs six million bucks to have the best players not go around and get face washed and uh, pushed around like it did three and a half seasons ago, man, I'll take that any day, so long as he can get us a starting goalie like he did. So, props to Shirelli. You know what? He's been taking a lot of heat, but uh, good on him. Well, I'll P- let you guys respond.
5: Yeah, Peter Shirelli, come April 7th or April 8th, wherever, whenever, I don't know whenever the last game is, that's when it will be decided whether or not he made the moves that he, that he made, if they're the right ones or not. And right now, the Koskinen one looks fantastic because the way that Talbot struggled, if the, he didn't have a, a competent backup in Koskinen, the Oilers would be looking at a much different record. So, yeah, they're in the mix right now on the back of Koskinen. He has been that good. It's been that good a start for him. So you do have to give him credit now. It's a small sample size, size, but it's the only sample size we have to look at. Mm-hmm. And it is... He's been good, and you got to give credit there. Still, uh, $6 million for a third-line player. There's still people that are going to question that. Um, but, I mean, again. He, look,
2: Lucic Curtis is right. He brings that element yep. to the game, but if he doesn't get points, which he rarely does, you're not going to be worth that, nope. that salary. It's nope. just, that's just how hockey works. But to say he does absolutely nothing nope.
5: wouldn't be true either. No, no. He, he, there, I mean, there's an intimidation factor, and you, you, all you have to do is dump the puck into his corner, and you see defensemen slow down or move out of the way uh, or throw the puck away. So uh, Milan Lucic has found his his role right now, and he's playing it very well.
2: Oilers win 2-1. Uh, we, talking about the goaltending, we gets, we're getting several texts and questions every game about trading Cam Talbot. I don't think we're there. Rob's shaking his head as a, as I'm saying happen. that. I, I, here here's the situation with the goaltenders, and you got to take the contracts into account. They are both unrestricted free agents. So on July 1st or midnight on June 30th, whenever it is, their contracts will expire. If one guy is playing well, you would think that the Oilers will try to extend him in the new year when yep. they're they're able to do that. Um, because I don't think you want to risk going into next season with no goaltender that you think can be a starter. I, I, I understand the, the thought process with Talbot. Maybe it might come to that, as opposed to losing him for nothing in the summer. But if the Oilers thought Al Montoya was a capable backup, they wouldn't have gone out and got Miko Koskinen in, in the summer. Well, so yeah, you have to remember that.
9: Yeah,
5: and how many, how many texts and did we get last year, or phone calls did we get last year, is the Oilers need to find a backup goalie. That's, I mean, they said we can't go, you can't have whoever you have as a backup. You need a true backup goaltender. Well, the others don't. If they get rid of Talbot, they don't. They, they, they don't have someone in the minors that's capable of coming up. And everyone says you need an insurance policy. If you're going to be a playoff team, you can't go in the playoffs on, with one goalie and no one behind. So you can't trade Talbot. The other thing, too, what is Talbot's worth right now? I mean, he's, uh, he's coming off an off year, yeah, and he's had an off year to start this season. So what do you, is, it, is it worth trading him for a mid- to late-round draft pick to have no backup goaltender? So no, I, to me, you, these are the two goals. You're going to run with them the remainder of the season, and they're going to push each other. And this is not to say the Talbot is done. As being the number one guy here in Edmonton. We've seen a couple of years ago where, uh, who was it that came in? Nielsen. Anders Nielsen. Well,
2: Talbot's first year here. Yeah. When they still weren't a very good team. And but after, the in the middle of December on, and that was the year Connor got hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, Talbot was the best player on the team.
5: Yeah, by far.
2: Uh, and he was a good goalie, good save percentage on a, on, a, on a bad team. And yes, he started slow, but basically from... Basically, for a season and two thirds, he was one of the two best players on the team. Absolutely. He, he and McDavid.
5: And Anders Nielsen took the number one job from him. Briefly. And, and briefly, yeah. and ran with it. And then Anders Nielsen ran out of, of right. gas, and it became Talbot's team again. And, so. and
2: Talbot may never, I mean, sure, I, I get it. All the people say, well, he's never going to do that again. He, he might not. He might not. But
5: uh, <laughs> I'd rather have him as my backup if I'm going to make a playoff run. Than anything else the Oilers have in the organization, because if you trade Talbot, then you need to go trade for a backup goalie because the Oilers have proven they don't have one in the in the system right now. Yeah, that uh, can be there.
2: And, and I mean it's not outside of the realm of possibility. I mean tr- trades happen all the time, but you got to remember you're not trading. Like I, I on Inside Sports the other night, somebody's like, "Well, trade Talbot for a second line scoring winger." Well, I don't think he has that. <laughs> he has that value
5: right no. now. Could you tr- do a goalie for goalie swap? Uh but why? possibly but then To me why? You know what Talbot what you know what Talbot Talbot is. Why trade for an unknown? So to me, I, I don't see anything happening anytime soon, and I wouldn't expect anything to happen because you've got a safety net in Cam Talbot who at one point at one point this season might become a very valuable part of the Edmonton Oilers again. All right.
2: Oilers win it 2-1. Spooner had the game winner. Connor McDavid had a beauty in the first. Here's the captain for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com.
8: You yeah, a nice sort of run goal here. The team seems to be doing whatever's necessary to be victorious. Yeah, we're winning games. It's, uh, it's not pretty, but uh, we're getting it done, and that's all that matters. It
7: kind of sense maybe a, a lot more confidence It's growing bit by bit through the recent stretch? I think so. I think, uh, you know, guys believe in each other. Guys are playing the right way. Um, you know, when you're not making mistakes and shooting yourself in the foot, um, you, know, you keep yourselves in games and if you find a way to win. That's, uh, you know that's how you put a run together. You're talking about Eagles play, especially these tight games of late. Of course, he's been great. Um, he's been been really solid for us uh, for a long time, and, um, and now we're starting to find, uh, find ways to get wins for him. Thank
1: you.
2: All right, some quick comments from Connor McDavid. His goal tonight, spectacular in the first period, his 14th of the season. Dreisaitl and Clefbaum got the assist. Carlson had the only goal for the Vegas Golden Knights and then Spooner getting that goal we talked about early in the third. Okay, 780 496 Wow, Scott in Boston, two games in a row. Scott, you cannot mention putting the fastest player in the organization on a line with McDavid. You have to have something else.
1: Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I could call every night. That would be 41 games, I believe, if I call. No, I got you. I understand, sir, and thank you for having me. Um, yes, let me. I got three points. I'm going to be in and out in 60 seconds, if I'm granted the time. Goal. What a goal by McDavid. On the, That was sick. What a sick goal, that illustrates his talent, he's awesome. I'm not gonna mention he needs speed on his wing, I promise, you asked me not to and I won't. Never spend, I'm, I'm all over the board, please, please let me run though. Never spend too much on a goalie. In my opinion, this may ruffle some feathers, some people may disagree. They're all, once you're at the NHL level, they're all within 2% of each other, honest to goodness. And there's something called puck luck, People uh, in poker, they call it variance. You know, sometimes the puck just hits the goalie all night. Some nights the puck just finds the net. Some people win Vesners and then disappear. Some people have huge GAAs, but they're the best goalie in the league. Put that aside. I watched the whole third period tonight. I'm in Boston. Um, I don't get the Edmonton. I should pay for the NHL Network, but I don't. But they, they, they played the third period. They call it bonus coverage. I like what I see from this Edmonton Oilers team right now. Ken Hitchcock is a good goalie, and this team is going in the right direction. They are. They're going in the right direction. Here's two predictions. McDavid is going to win the Art Ross again. Barring injury, he's going to win it for the next 12 years. And Edmonton is going to make a deep playoff run this year. I can feel it. One comment. I won't go against what you advised. I, I, I won't say about speed. But Ryan Nugent Hopkins He needs someone tough. On his line. He needs space. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is very crafty. Yeah. He's a small guy. He needs space. They should put Lucci. Is Luc- and forgive me if I'm wrong. I follow the team. I listen to the games. Who, who's on uh, Hopkins' line right now?
2: Today he's with Kajula and Puliyarvi. Lucic was with Brodziak and Cassian.
1: Okay. I should be a coach. I do coach little kids out here. But listen, Lucic should be with Ryan Nugent Hopkins.
5: Nope. Nugent nope. needs
1: space. No, nope. why okay. not?
5: Because they've they've tried it and there was absolutely zero success, zero success with Luch playing with R N H, zero.
1: One more point, quickly, Scott. You've you've had a lot of points. I want to know who was the fastest skater on Bakersfield? Who
5: is he? Doesn't matter if he was any good, he'd be in the N (laughs) H L. Scott,
2: we appreciate that. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. He does he does make a really good point about. The the variance in in goalies save percentage. I mean, you can find a lot of really good goalies who one year might have been brilliant, next year true really good true then have a drop off. But the best back.
5: but the best goalies are consistent year after year after year after year, and that's that's what you want is you want one of those goaltenders that puts together you know ten of eleven years. He's got that consistency, not the guy that has two out of eleven years. And that's why you, some goalies make seven million. That's why some goalies are in and out of the lineup and in and out of the league.
2: Oilers win 2-1 over the Vegas Golden Knights. 3-0 on this homestand. They get up to 13-11-2 on the season. Well, six goals on the homestand. If the Oilers ever get five in a game under Hitch, we'll turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton downtown, south side and north side. All right, we have uh, Robert and Tony up next on the phone lines. You'll hear from Miko Koskinen as well. The Oilers win 2-1. The game presented by Osman Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
1: Oilers hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers
8: Radio, 630-10. Centering pass, tapped once, twice by Smith, a third time, and Koskinen's able to keep it out of the net. McNabb clubbed one on that net, save made, and then Koskinen, another beauty point blank against Marchessault. It's center one-timer Carlson, and another save by Koskinen. Here's a chance, it's Daniel Carr, a backhander, a poke check by Koskinen.
2: Well, a little montage there edited by Patrick Bauer back at the 630 Chad Studio. He had a lot of saves to choose from early in the game. Koskinen was excellent as the Oilers were outshot 8-1 through the first six minutes, actually eight in a row, they got the first shot, then it was all Vegas. The saves of the game for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game, service.ca. Ian from Saskatchewan texting in. He says, I think the Nuge, Drake, and Yes Align is going to be good. Yes, he gives them size, and he's a big guy who can rush to the net. Uh, Tyler, the postman, says, I agree with Scott from Boston. Nuge needs uh, Kajula or someone to give him space on the ice. This texter says, "With Koskinen playing the way he is, are the Oilers any better than they were with McClellan?" Well, that's a good point because Pro-
5: probably, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I, th- I think maybe he means you know, if Todd got that type of goal, yeah, no, I I and understand. I mean, they did have an eight-two and run, eight-two and one yep. run under McClellan, where both Talbot and Koskinen had good games. No,
5: I mean, I agree. I mean, Cam Talbot struggled, and he struggled in the games that uh, that Todd was coaching. Ken Hitchcock has had solid goaltending in every game that he's coached. Part of it is the way the team has played in front of the goaltending, but a big part of it is the goaltending has been better.
2: Uh, this texture says, for how bad you guys ripped on Brassois last year, funny how not a peep about his 5-1 and one record and a 9.35 percentage this year, speaking of backups. Who, who okay, ripped on we, we, Okay, we mentioned, we didn't. I never. We never. We I like LB. Our, wait, well, I've he wanted want us to mention LB's records, so we right. did.
5: Yeah, I like LB. I I hope LB has a great. He's so a nice I. kid. I hope he has a fantastic year in Winnipeg. So do I. Yep. Yeah, good for him. He's on a good. He's on a good hockey club. Yep. But the Oilers kept
2: bringing in goaltenders because. Well, part of they, the, they didn't think Brusaw could be the backup.
5: No, no, you're right, and and well, so part. So it of,
2: wasn't us ripping on LB. Oh, hey, I was, I didn't trade him. Peter, Shirell. I didn't let him go.
5: <laughs> All right, Oilers
2: win two one over Vegas seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Robert on the line. Hey, Robert.
3: Hey guys, how's it going? Doing great. Oh, uh, on who's question, who's, who's the new guy they picked up from Carolina?
2: Valentin Zekoff. He uh, is not here. He didn't play tonight. Uh, he'll join the Oilers on the road trip. Uh, he's a second-round uh, draft pick, uh, had a really good year in the minors last year. Obviously, since he was on waivers, he has yet to uh, assert himself at the NHL level, shall we say.
3: Okay, uh, Okay. Now, now, now that being said, Jack and Bob mentioned during the game that, that it's not likely that he would play without having a practice. So do you, you see him playing in Dallas or, or in St. Louis? And when he plays, whose line does he go on, and who comes out? And the other thing I wanted to mention was regarding Talbot. I think Talbot will get back in the net again, and I think he will get his chance under Hitch. And I and I don't personally think Talbot's going anywhere until either one of two things: they're either in March, or you're either near the trade deadline, they're either a out of the playoffs or b, like you know, like they're they're they're, they're either out of the playoffs or yeah yep. or or. or I personally think I personally think bottom line, unless they're out of the playoffs come the trade deadline, Talbot's here until the end of the year and they they're gonna they're gonna give him a shot to prove himself and and maybe potentially re sign him and I'll I'll leave it at that.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I don't think they're gonna rush there. Good question about uh about Zekov. Yeah, so the Oilers fly tomorrow. They play Dallas on Monday and as hitch reference they'll have a practice in St. Louis. On Tuesday, so, yeah, would you throw him in without a practice? Who would come out? I mean, I think Hitch seemed pretty happy with the efforts of the forwards today. Yeah,
5: I, I, I wouldn't throw him in simply because the team's played so well. I, I don't think there's any pressing need for him to, to come into the lineup uh, as who will come out. I think since I believe he won't play next game, it'll be based on next game. On who's going to come out of the lineup, so uh, it's just—I I think what the Oilers are doing—and something that they haven't had for a long time—is they got depth. They got players that deserve to be in the lineup that are in the press box simply because of numbers. They've had Oilers in the past have had players in the lineup who shouldn't have been in the lineup simply for numbers. So the Oilers have better depth right now in their forward positioning, and I don't see him playing. On Monday, I, I agree with Jack and Bob. I think they'll wait and let him have a practice and get acclimated to his teammates first.
2: And I, and I really don't know what to expect. Hitchcock gave a, a great clip today, saying that they they like the way he he claims his ice, that he can score from in tight, that he you know he he tries to occupy the area around the front of the net, but he hasn't scored this year in three, no. thirteen games with Carolina. So and, he he's another we'll see guy.
5: Yeah, and again, I don't think Hitch is totally enamored with his second line yet uh, i mean ryan Nugent hopkins and i mean we've had a couple callers call they have not produced and the, well i
2: think he's enamored with
5: nuge oh no yes. oh, i yeah. hey, but yeah. I'm, I'm talking yeah there's never you're never going to question rnh but th- so there's uh, there's still that that is a line that's still uh under construction i don't think he's completely satisfied they need more production out of your second line and rnh has given them the, the games they need so it's someone on the wing that's got to do a, a, a better job.
2: Oilers 4-1-1 and under Hitchcock. Other scores tonight, courtesy Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Predators beat the Blackhawks 5-2. Coyotes, Rob mentioned them being a bit of a surprise earlier. 6-1 over the struggling St. Louis Blues. Oh, Rob's not going to be happy here. Flyers beat the Penguins 4-2. Stupid Flyers. Islanders knock off the Blue Jackets 3-2. Jets in overtime, a 4-3 win against the Devils. Lightning beat the Panthers 5-4 in overtime. Canadians win at home 5-2 over the Rangers. Detroit gets a 4-2 win in Boston. The Maple Leafs are now 19-8. They beat the Wild 5-3. Stars a couple of goals in the last 10 minutes of the third to beat Vancouver 2-1. And the Senators 6-2 win over the San Jose Sharks. And uh, the Oilers like that because it keeps... San Jose just a point ahead of Edmonton in the Pacific.
5: Yeah, San Jose, I don't think have lived up to their expectations. They should be much better than what they are with the blue line that they have. they got three world-class defensemen in Burns, Vlasic, and Carlson. They shouldn't be giving up six goals a game. That was Carlson. Well, you know,
2: speaking of goals, like Jones isn't having nope, a he's, great he's year. Struggling. Like Dell's numbers are, are better. Yep. I mean, Jones still plays more, but...
5: First, for how long I guess when you're giving up six a night you might find yourself in the backup role so goaltending you cannot win in the National Hockey League without good goaltending
2: 7804960063 we welcome Tony to the show hello Tony nice to hear from you again
6: Hey, how's it going boys pretty good um, two questions two quick ones um, do you think Koskinen has earned the starting position as goaltender over Talbot and when would you put Talbot in to maybe see if he maybe actually does have his confidence back or if he's just done?
5: Well, I I think right now what Hitch is doing is he's going with whoever's playing well. And Koskinen, uh, is he the number one? I mean, right now he's the guy that's going to get the, net the next game again because he's playing so well. His numbers are markedly better than Cam Talbot's. He's been excellent in every start he's had. Uh, I don't know if they're going to call him goalie one or goalie two but he is to me he's going to start the next game and Cam Talbot's next start will depend on how well Koskinen plays Koskinen goes in and has a great next game then he'll play again I I think Hitch understands how close the Western Conference is you can't throw away points just to make somebody feel better so I think Koskinen is going to continue to play until he has an off game when he has an off game or there's a back-to-back situation then Talbot will play.
2: All right, that was Tony at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Mark Andre Fleury, third star of the month of November in the NHL. He was absolutely fantastic with nine wins and four shutouts. The Oilers do beat him tonight. Here's Fleury for BDO First Call Debt Solutions bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, License and Solvency
10: Trustees. A pretty close game tonight. A good road trip for your group. Yeah. Um Seeing four points out of six, you know, it's okay. But we won this game, you know, we were close, and um, it still sucks to lose. You know, it doesn't matter how much you've won; it's always um, disappointing when you're so close to, to doing well, you
8: know. it. What was the difference today? Uh,
10: I don't know. It was it was a close match, right? The, um, breaks here and there, you know, on their on their part and uh, for their goals but other than that I thought we played pretty solid it was pretty even game at that. Are you uh, at this stage pretty happy with the way the group has rebounded the last time you were here you went on a pretty nice stretch. I know yeah. this ends the win streak. But are you happy with where your group is right now? I feel about to bounce back, you know obviously the during the season was tough. Um, there's lots of ups and downs and um, you know we were down the standing and Battled our way back, you know. Um, well, we're in a better position, and we we'll keep, um, kind of keep fighting to, to make yourself in it, put ourselves in a good spot for the playoffs. What was that next goal like for you? Uh, that was oh, <laughs> it, was it was a goal. I don't know. quick hands, right? Yeah. Because yeah. He, he had you split like. Yeah, I got him the next time, though. So 1 1, <laughs> I guess.
2: All right, Scott Johnson in the. Golden Knights dressing room tonight, Mark andre Fleury. I mean, he's chuckling about the McDavid goal in the first period.
5: <laughs> I mean, what <laughs> was he going to add? A goal's a goal. It was a nice move. I mean, that was a pretty goal and actually changed the the way the game was going. At that point, Vegas was dominating, and the Oilers get that one break, but the, the break was with the puck on the stick of their best player. And, uh, again, another defenseman found out that when you think you're in good positioning, Against Connor McDavid, it's not really good positioning, so he, he just went by another defense and making them look flat-footed, and Flurry had to respect him going all the way across, but quick hands, as Flurry said, allowed him to bring the puck back and over top of him. A beautiful
9: goal.
2: Kevin texting in. He says, uh, is there merit that this might be a honeymoon stage with the coaching change, or have they truly bought into what Hitchcock is selling?
5: Well, there's always a honeymoon stage anytime a new coach takes over. They they always play better because guys want to stay where they are in the lineup, and there's guys who may have been in the doghouse for the previous coach that wants to prove themselves and wants to move up in the lineup. So there's teams always play better for a new coach. Um, usually you, you wait till the 15 game 20 game mark and then you see where they are if they're continuing to do because Hitch is demanding he's asking for the a lot of players to play much better defense than they're used to doing and you're giving up some scoring chances to do that that's why the Oilers don't score a lot of goals right now because they're playing such solid solid defense um we'll see uh, I think the one thing that the Oilers players are going to like when they buy in and if they're buying in right now is the fact that they're winning hockey games and I think a lot of these players who were here last year, knows what it felt like at the end of the season, packing up their bags and taking their garbage bag stuff home in, in April. They like what happened the year before, so Hitch has got them winning, and I think that makes it much easier to buy into a new coach's system.
2: All right, well, welcome Jonathan on the open line. Hey, Jonathan, thanks a lot for calling.
11: Uh, you're welcome. Uh, good evening, uh, Reed and Rod. Um, Rob, um I just had a, a couple of comments here. Uh, first of all, I, I've noticed that Koskinen is very a uh, very bobbly kind of goaltender. A um, couple of times tonight and in previous games, I've noticed that uh, you know he'll be on the ice in the butterfly and he'll stop a puck and just lose sight of it, and it's like two inches in front of him. Um, and, uh, and and so it's it's nice that that uh, the Oilers have bought into a more defensive. Uh, system uh, to help them out that way. Um, the other thing I've noticed also is, um, and it, it, it's, it's, I don't know, it, it just keeps happening over and over again. Um, but tonight in the third period, now I realized that that Vancouver or that uh, Vegas had pulled their goalie and had an additional skater. But there were several broken plays in the other zone. And every time that happens, I'm just thinking, get the puck down the ice. Because they just, it was so scrambly, um, the defenseman couldn't get it out of the zone. Drysaddle couldn't get it out of the zone. Um,
5: That's going to happen, you know, though. That's always going to happen six on five, because they have an extra player. So uh, they, you're, 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 every player faced with that situation, they're just trying to throw it as hard as they can, or the the offensive team with the extra players trying to make sure the play stays alive. At the end of the day, I thought the other did a pretty good job, five against six. Uh, They limited the number of chances against and they got the win, so uh, you're, you're never going to have a perfect game, you're never going to have a perfect situation, but when you're down six on five, got to expect the team with six is going to create more havoc in the offensive end. you just got to withstand it, and I thought the Oilers did a good job doing that.
2: Alright, we're going to finish the play with Jonathan. If he is correct, his name goes into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe, adrenaline pumping fun. This is worth a thousand bucks. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com
8: Reeves lets it go through. Marcius over the blind pass that's picked off. Nugent Hopkins racing in left wing to the net. shot save made by Marc-Andre Fleury. Nugent Hopkins recovered so well, Bob, and he continues to pressure. What a great play, Nugent Hopkins, and he had a stick held by Colin Miller. Ryan Nugent Hopkins with an outstanding sequence.
2: All right, Jonathan, was that sequence at even strength or while the Oilers were shorthanded?
11: Oh, boy. I watched the game,
2: too.
11: I I think that was uh, even strength. It was not. It wasn't.
2: I'm sorry, Jonathan. That was when uh, Nugent Hopkins was pressuring while Dreisleitl was in the box. He got in on the forecheck, got his stick held by Colin Miller, and then that made it four on four. All right, Oilers win 2-1 over the Golden Knights. Uh, Mike is going to be our next caller. You will hear from Miko Koskinen. What a story he is. 89 stops on 92 shots on this homestand. Oilers take down Vegas 2-1 presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
1: Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair.
2: Alright, Edmonton 2, Vegas 1. The Oilers have won 3 straight. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins and Rogers Place. Thanks for tuning in tonight. 780-496-0063 we have cam on the line hello cam
0: how's it going fellas good good i just had a few questions i wanted to circle back after i was so unceremoniously given the bums rush the last time i phoned
2: in so cam you got nine minutes on the air you didn't yeah, no, get the no, bums no. rush
0: yeah I, I, don't, I don't know if i got that i think i was making some points but i never got a chance to make them so i'm just gonna I'm well gonna no we
2: you. were asking you to make your point and you couldn't you couldn't here coherently my, make here it. here was my point
0: here was my point, Reed. Anybody is better than Cam Talbot. And you guys said it's not possible to replace him.
7: Oh,
2: no, that no, didn't no, say it's not possible that. to replace him. Do you understand how a contract asked works, me, Cam?
0: Okay. You asked me to come up with a SWAT with an analysis on who is to replace him. And I said anybody.
2: Okay, but anybody. okay, so what do you do? You can't cut a guy. It's not no, junior anything. high volleyball. He has a no-move clause on his contract, so he has to approve one of 10 teams he's potentially traded to. Fair, yeah. Okay. So we we never debated that he had a rough year last year, but we're and asking it, you to it, realistically explain how you eject him from the roster.
0: And I was never talking about ejecting. I was talking about this. I said, anybody is better anybody's better than we were getting so i'm just gonna i'm gonna circle back on two more points and it's not to be a jerk i respect you guys i respect the heck out of you but i sat on this thing for three months is it possible that when cam talbot didn't get a high-end u.s college scholarship that the league that that level rejected his ceiling is it possible when he wasn't drafted that his ceiling was once again exposed and my question is right now it, I, Rob, because you said, I said they have a book on the guy, and you said they have a book on everybody. They do. Okay, but well, they do. But if the book doesn't crack the code on a guy, then the guy stays in net. But if the if the book cracks the code. Like, he's been exposed. I tried to tell you guys for two years, and, I like, I respect you, but for a year and a half, or me, about 18 months, I tried to say, like, the guy can't play. The guy, well, you the, you can't say talk. the guy
5: can't okay, play. Cam, but Cam, he was you, up for the Vezna two
2: years yeah, ago. Yeah, Cam, you asked us what Cam Talbot's ceiling was. He was fourth in Vesna voting. Now, maybe he's not going to recreate that, but that's clearly his ceiling. That was a really good year, and you're acting like it never happened.
0: It, But it did happen. But here's my question to you guys right now. If If Cam Talbot plays tonight... Well, I'm going I'm to make a statement. If Cam Talbot plays tonight, it's a 5-2 loss. We're talking about how bad Shirelli is. We're talking about how bad the D is. We're talking about how we can't skate. We're talking about how Hitch got out coached, And we're talking about the bad... Okay,
2: so you're Hitch. still not... Okay, all you want to do is bash the goalie. Like, what is what is your solution? Who should have they acquired instead of Talbot in the summer of 2015?
0: The solution. Anybody... Could have come in. You guys said earlier today, and I, I talked to you guys last year, I said, you know what? Give Fossat 20 games and see what he does. And yet, no, you guys didn't bash Fossat, but you guys did. You discounted that. And said, well, do, do, do
2: you think Laurent Fossat is a better goalie than Cam Talbot?
0: One. Okay. Do I think his highs are better than Cam Talbot's highs? Absolutely not but are his lows worse than Cam Talbot's lows? No. I mean, Talbot wasn't even competing on pucks this year, guys. I'll let you go. You have lots of callers, and I respect you guys. And I waited my... I, I bit my tongue. I respect you guys. No, Cam, right don't. You know, I mean, I,
2: I just don't know what point you're making. Like, okay, so you don't think he's a good goalie. All right. But, like, you act like you have a solution for it and and something else to offer about it, but I, I don't know what you're saying. Like, you, you, you're not... You understand how contracts work? Yes or 100%, 100%.
0: no? 100%.
2: Okay, so you were saying just get rid of them, but that is not actually possible. So to some extent, you have to keep rid- them on the roster.
0: I never said get them off the roster, but get someone in. I use the terminology, get keep taking swings with guys until you find someone. Done that? so maybe he's done that yeah, with Koskinen. They did do it, and they finally did it, and look what's happened and that team is a completely okay, different Okay, but now next,
2: now next year, if Koskinen is the goalie and not doing well, you're going to be calling in and saying, well, we should have known Koskinen was no good. He was in the KHL. Nobody played him. Why would we bring in this guy when he was 30 years old? So you're going to keep going around in circles and using hindsight to prove your point.
0: I've been calling for years. You know I'm not an unreasonable guy. No, actually,
2: Cam, I think you're very unreasonable, and you you never are able to make a a convincing point about what you're trying to say.
0: Point. The guy was awful. We were losing games. He was awful. We have another guy in there. We took a swing with another guy, and we're winning hockey games. Like, that's my point. There's no more to it. I don't have to algorithmically, you know, plan out the
5: Oilers' strategy for the next five years, I just encourage them, keep taking swings. But they have they have taken swings, though. And, I mean, they've brought in Al Montoya, I brought
2: in right. Jonas Gustafsson, you know, Bressois was around, Nielsen and Talbot were here together for a while. So
5: they've, they've taken a lot of swings. They've
2: drafted Skinner and Rodrigue. They're trying to build goaltending for the future. So I was
0: right. They kept taking swings, and one of them finally
2: stuck. <laughs> yeah, what but, were you right about?
0: That they needed to get the guy out of the net. No, at, at all costs.
5: He's that awful. He's Okay, that's where you're wrong. He's not that awful.
0: Agree to disagree. Appreciate well, it,
5: guys. But he was that's up for is. the Vezina. They, Oh, my goodness. Uh, he's been outplayed this year. Absolutely. Koskinen is the number one goalie for the Edmonton Oilers right now, without any doubt. The Edmonton Oilers do not make the playoffs, not even close to making the playoffs two years ago without Cam Talbot. He was their MVP. All right, Andy's on the line. Go ahead, Andy.
0: I just
2: have a question. Where's uh, Ethan Bear? He's pl- uh, plays for Bakersfield. Oh, he's not injured. So, so well, he was earlier in the season. He's he's playing yeah. again.
6: Yeah, I thought they might bring him up. Another question, and then I'll hang up. Where where uh, were we last year at this time? What was our record?
2: Oh, I can quickly check that for you here, Andy. Just stay on hold, and I'll look that up, and I'll uh, I'll I'm, say it as soon as I get it. I'm it, it guess wasn't this good. It
5: wasn't as good as it is right now. No. But, I, I'm, again, I'm not sure what it was.
2: All right. Uh, while I'm looking it up, we will bring Jason onto the phone line. Go ahead, Jason.
1: Hi, guys. Love the
0: show. I uh, just want to make a couple notes there about, uh, and I'll reference back to the 80s with the Oilers. In the 80s, we had a good coach, Glenn Savor. We've got a good coach now, Ken Hitchcock. We had two good goalies, Fear and Moog, and we have two good goalies right now. We had two powerful, two good lines in the 80s, and we can have two good lines right now with McDavid or Dreisaitl or with Newton Hopkins. But the one thing that we lack is our quarterback. I was wondering what you guys thought if the Oilers made some trades and uh, and even if it was one of their main quarterbacks or one of their defense they have now, and even some of their young prospects like Yamamoto, to to bring back in someone like... um, Carlson or Brent Burns, a defense like
2: that, because... <laughs> well, you, you, I don't, you're yeah, never, you never going to get those guys. guys. That's no. tough, man. No. I know. You're That's not
5: going to get them for a couple of reasons. One, they'll never trade them. B, you can't afford them. So they're, the Oilers are never going to fit those guys under their salary cap. And, uh, and I like what your your analogy comparing them to the 80s. I disagree with you, though. I don't think the Oilers have two power lines right now. I think Dugan Hopkins is very good, but the Oilers of the 80s had two lines that could beat you any... Every game, the Oilers right now have one line that can beat you.
2: All right, let's go back down to the Oilers' dressing room. Winning goaltender tonight is Miko Koskinen.
11: <sighs> you just. Uh Kind of when you get in a groove, you, you just start doing the right things to sort of stay in that kind of um, situation where you feel comfortable and confident night after night?
9: Yeah, of course, when you get like a couple of games in a row, everything starts feeling better. But I have to say that today the guys did like unbelievable job in front of me, so my job was pretty easy. So I thank for the boys.
11: When you're, you're playing this well and, and recording wins, can you maybe
9: describe what it is that's going right for you to have this kind of success? You know, you can't you can't think about did you lose or win yesterday. You, you you have to only focus. in that moment what's like next to you, and living that moment, you can start thinking about what, what's in the future or what's going on now. You just have to stay in a moment. Miko, what is
5: it about playing here at home? I believe. Correct
4: me if, you're, if I'm wrong, but you've never lost a game at Roger Place
9: yet. Yeah, it's always like. Uh, great to play here it's a full house hockey night in canada so i think everyone is excited and that's only only positive that we have this kind of fans here and we can play with uh, in front of like 20,000 people
5: does that energy motivate you to-
9: yeah of course that's a big thing for me
5: miko koskinen great I lo- game tonight i love the fact that you mentioned it was on hockey night in canada it's funny it doesn't matter how old you are If you're a player and you know that you are on Hockey Night in Canada, you are a little more pumped. And he mentioned that right there, so good on him.
2: Uh, Got some texts here to 63630. This person says, uh, hey, Cam, anybody is not a solution. What if the Oilers had 10 goalies and they all sucked? (laughs) Uh, Buddha says, please don't let Cam back on the radio. He never makes sense, just likes to hear his own voice. Well, and somebody called Cam a name I'm not going to I'm not gonna use. Uh, our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. That'll be the aforementioned Valentin Zikoff. Not here tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, we will see him take... on the road trip, and yes. that'll be an adjustment like we were talking about how they're going to handle the roster.
5: And there's going to be an adjustment, me learning how to say that name too. You and I are going to have to have a little talk before yeah. each one. You're going to have to... What is it when you put it in uh, phonetic? Phonetics. Can yes. You show me the phonetic way to say that name because I'm going to mess that one up. I apologize right now. Do we have time to
2: get one more guy in, Patrick? Okay, we'll get. Is it Dylan up next? Okay, Dylan. Sorry, you don't have a lot of time, but we got you got 40 seconds, buddy. Go ahead. Okay, let's do Jason then. Jason, you, you got 39 seconds. Go ahead.
6: Oh, of course. Um, I phoned in for a different reason, but I've been listening and waiting. And I'm telling you, the problem with the Oiters is they're missing an identity and they're building slowly. they got a bunch of young guys. There's a couple of gaps and some things they miss. The biggest problem Edmonton has is Edmonton. Since that new arena has been built, it's now just a fancy thing to go see, a hockey game on a Saturday night for the yuppies that have never played the game, don't know, and we get guys like Cam thinking they're Don Cherry phoning in and just making a joke of the whole city.
2: Well, Cam lives in Duncan, B.C., so I hope that makes you feel better, Jason.
6: It does, because you know what? That's the problem. These Oilers fans, they've been spoiled in the 80s and we keep getting compared to the 80s. It's not the 80s, it's a different game, different teams, different guys. We have Connor McDavid. Okay, do you know how tough it is to find someone to play with a guy like that?
2: Thanks, Jason. We appreciate it. The Oilers beat Vegas 2-1. Next broadcast is Monday. 5 o'clock face-off show, 6.30 puck drop as they take on the Dallas Stars. Thanks to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer. Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, Canadian House. Overtime Open Line, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. More on 630 jet.com Oilers have won three straight.